a very, very uh, timely message, I, I believe, that the Lord wants me and you, all of us, to hear tonight. And I don't know why things work the way they do, but I either believe God orders my steps or I, I just take what happens. And a lot of people live and feel that way, but I, I don't. I don't. I believe that I belong to the Lord, and that means everything about me. And I want to talk to you for a moment about a man that most every person that's ever been to church, you've heard his name or you know about him, and his name is Naaman. In fact, uh, we're going to look at the second chapter of, uh, or the second, second Kings chapter 5. You can look there if you would like. Um, if you are in the app watching tonight, you can absolutely take notes with inside the app and it'll save them. But I want you to follow along with me, okay? Now, Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Syria, was a great and honorable man in the eyes of his master because by him the Lord had given victory to Syria. He was also a mighty man of valor, but Naaman was a leper. And the Syrians had gone out on raids and had brought back captive a young girl from the land of Israel. She waited on Naaman's wife. Then she said to her mistress, If only my master were with the prophet who is in Samaria, for he would heal him of his leprosy. And Naaman went in and told his master, saying, Thus and thus said the girl who is from the land of Israel. Then the king of Syria said, Go now, and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So he, Naaman, departed and took with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten changes of clothing. Then he brought the letter to the king of Israel, which said, now be advised when this letter comes to you that I have sent Naaman my servant to you that you may heal him of his leprosy. And it happened when the king of Israel read the letter that he tore his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and to make alive this man that sends a, a man to me to heal him of his leprosy? Therefore, please consider and see how he seeks a quarrel against me. So it was... When Elisha heard the man of God that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, that he sent to the king saying, this right here, why are you tearing your clothes? Please let him come to me and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. Then Naaman went with his horses and chariots and stood at the door of Elisha's house. And Elisha sent a messenger to him, saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored to you, and you shall be clean. Now, I'm going to tell you about that story, but before I tell you, what Naaman did with those instructions, I want to just go back and talk to you for just a minute about the very first verse we read together. And that was Naaman 
fit the bill, you see. He was a mighty warrior. He was a, a mighty man of valor. He had won victories. And he was well respected and well thought of, you see. But the problem was Naaman was a leper. And you see, you can be great. You can achieve great things in life and in this life. But you can still be labeled and you can be known by what's wrong with you more than what's right with you. Can I get an amen? And see, that's just the way we live. And that's the way we talk about and we size up other people. And so Naaman was very great, but he was still a leper at the end of the day. And many people that are living in the middle of all this that's going on right now in, in your own way, you've got some kind of leprosy that's been plaguing you. It may not be spots, and I, I'm pretty sure it's not, but, but you may have leprosy that's plaguing you, and you don't, you don't understand it. You've done a lot of good things. You've paid your tithes. You've lived right. You've, you've raised your children right. You've served God. You even pray and fast. You've even been doing that these 21 days we're in the middle of. But it's still there. And you just can't quite get your mind or your hands around it. You don't know why. Well, I want you to know God wants to help you tonight. And he's going to do it through his word. See, Naaman's leprosy could be seen on his body. But a lot of time, mine and yours, it's not visible. See, it's inside of us. It's on our shoulders. It's in our heart. It won't leave our minds. It goes to bed with us. It's at work when we get to work the next day. It's waiting on us when we open the mail tomorrow. You see, it, it, it's a plague that has been following us for a long time. And it gets more attention. And it has named me more than anything else that I've done right in my life. If nobody else has called me out as a leper concerning this thing, I myself have condemned myself, and that's what I've, I've kind of lived at that level right there of being a leper based on this right here. But God wants you to know there's a great ending to this story right here, and God wants to help you tonight. And, and you see, Naaman had leprosy, but as we look into this story here, he had a little bit more of a larger problem in the eyes of God than that of leprosy. Folks, I want to tell you this. You know, you can go to heaven with leprosy. Do you know that? Do you know you can go to, to heaven with a scar? You can go to heaven having been divorced. You can go to heaven having lost a child or a business or even a home. In fact, our Lord and Savior said that, you know, if your eye offends, you pluck it out. If your hand offends you, cut it off. And what he went on to say and teach me and you that you can get into heaven without all your limbs intact or you can get into heaven having scars from a bad life of some kind but like with leprosy. And Naaman's problem wasn't a, a limb and leprosy or anything else as much as it was his pride. You can get to heaven with leprosy but you cannot even get in the suburbs or the parking lot of heaven with pride. You see, God can't use anybody that's walking around with a prideful 
attitude and spirit. You may be able to pull some things off that people notice and people recognize. You might be in some way, shape, or form a mighty man or woman of valor, but don't be fooled by that. Pride is not used by God. In fact, I've said it many times preaching, the glory is on the floor. And I mean that if you want to be lifted up, don't walk around with your chest spiritually stuck out and your chin in the air because you're smarter than the person beside you or you have more resources than them or you know a little bit more than they do. Don't, or you survived something that they didn't. Don't do that. If you want to be lifted up and exalted, the Lord said, you get down here in my hand and I'll put you up there. And I quote that so many times because most people we know of are like Naaman and they struggle with this. And see, Naaman, if we were to read verse 11, you would see that Naaman got very mad. He got ticked off in layman's terms, I'll put it, because he didn't understand. He was, he was so enraged Number one, because Elisha wouldn't even get up off the couch to come tell him himself. And he was probably offended at that because he was somebody, you know, a mighty man of valor. He was somebody great. He was somebody that the king even thought so much of that he sent letters recommending him being healed. But I want you to know this. That doesn't give you a permission to be proud. And, and so he was very angry that Elisha wouldn't come and tell him himself. And he was even more indignant that he told him to go down to the Jordan and wash seven times. And he went to say, hey, why can't I go to one of these nice rivers, one of these nice bodies of water down in Damascus? Why can't I do that, God? Because the Lord's ways are higher than our ways. And you see, what Naaman didn't understand is that his problem of pride had been holding him back from him never being referred to as Naaman the leper anymore. And he probably wanted that, if the truth be known, than the disease to be gone because the disease didn't get in the way of him making money or being promoted in the kingdom or winning battles, you see. And that's a smokescreen that a lot of people fall prey to, folks. They think because they achieve things or they get to certain places in this life that other things are okay. But in the eyes of God, any type of leprosy will label you more than you're being labeled by who God made you to be. And so Naaman was about to forfeit being healed of leprosy and getting that stigma removed from his life all because of pride. He didn't want to do what he was told to do. And God laid this on my heart and reminded me that today that Naaman is kind of the modern church right now. You see, the church has done many good things here recently in the past few months and years. The church has been a great community organization. And we're finally no longer frowned out by, you know, the upper echelon of our community or communities. And people accept the church because the church does a lot of good things, doesn't it? That's what Naaman did. But that's what most churches have become 
if they're not careful, is just another non-confrontational community organization. And I will stop and tell you there's nothing wrong with feeding the hungry. There's not, we're told to do it. There's nothing wrong with reaching out to the homeless. We're told to do that. There's nothing wrong with raking yards, washing cars, patching up houses, or picking up paper on the side of streets. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing at all. But you see, God didn't call us to just merely be a religious community organization. He called us to be the church of the living God, the bride of Jesus Christ. So we've become a Naaman and we've done a lot of good things and we've got a lot of good pats on the back, but we've got leprosy, you see. And that's what COVID-19 and the pandemic, in a way, has become leprous to us because we now, the church, have been identified by the virus and we've kind of been restrained like we are here tonight. We're restrained. We have just a few people, I mean a very few people, that are like octopuses tonight doing many things. We're restrained. We can't meet together yet. And Maybe you say, yeah, we can. We're not doing it, though, until God says to because we are not doing it until God says to. So this is what's been happening for six months. We are doing the best we can possibly do to survive, and there is nothing wrong with that. But until we do what God wants us to do, until we, 2 Chronicles 7, 14, we've got to humble ourselves. We've got to pray. We've got to get down. We've got to fall on our face. We've got to repent and go before God and say, Lord, I have omitted things. I've neglected things. And God, I've used not being able to go to your house as an excuse to do all kinds of things that is not interfering with me praying, but I don't pray. That's not interfering with me not giving. I haven't missed one paycheck, but I haven't been tithing. I haven't been helping the less fortunate out. And I haven't been reading my Bible. has nothing to do with not being able to come to church. But see, this is what's happened. We've fallen into a crisis here over the past six months, and it's kind of turned us to where we are naming, and we've got this leprosy. And I want to tell you, Naaman was given a word from God. He was given a word that said, listen, all you got to do is go down here to the Jordan and dip seven times. In fact, I'll show you how he went down to the Jordan. God, huh, I don't understand for the life of me. God, don't you know who I am? Don't you know what I've done? Don't, don't you know how many battles I've won? God, don't you know how I've been the king's right-hand man? And, and you want me to do what? Do you think I'm a fool, God? 
do you want me to embarrass myself? God, what, what, what do you want me to do? You, you want me to get down on my knees. You want me to get down here in this water. And you want me to get on my knees. Kind of like I'm bowing before you. And you want me to dip? I don't understand it. You told that man to tell me to do this, and here I am. God, don't you know I raised my children in church? God, don't you know I've been faithful to multitudes? God, don't you know, and I've asked you to do this, and you haven't done it yet. And you've told me to do this, but I won't step out on faith. Because the last time I prayed a prayer, you didn't answer it. I've made a fool of myself. I said something that I thought you told me to say, and it didn't happen. But I'm going to do it. I don't understand it. I don't want to do it. But I'm going to do it. Bob says he did one time. I knew it. I'm just as plagued. I'm just as marked. I'm just as still laughed at. See, watch. Two times, look. I'm, I'm still overlooked at my school. I'm still made fun of. I'm still treated differently at work. People still ignore me. Look, 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 look. What? See, God, I still pray. I'm, I'm involved in the 21 days, Opie. Here I go. But it ain't got no better. Four times. Now the people that's a part of my life, those men you sit with me, God, look, they're probably over there laughing, telling me, come on, old lepers, boy, let's go back home. And I don't believe, I don't, I don't even know why I'm doing this. But I know that I, this is number five. God, you said seven, and I've already done five. Not even one spot. Not one thing's changed. God, I'm still as broke as I was last week. I paid my tithes last week for the first time in two years. And God, I still, God, I noticed today that they're going to take my car. God, I prayed and fasted for my marriage. God, I've prayed and fasted for my child. God, I've prayed and fasted that you would give me some kind of helpmate, that you would give me a new job. God, I've prayed for this. And you keep telling me to do all these ridiculous things. Lord, I've done it. I've done it. And I've done it in your name. But look, Lord, it ain't changed. It ain't changed. Nothing about it's changed, Lord. I'm still the same man, God, and I'm going to do it because you, you said to do Whoa, oh, whoa, whoa, oh. Oh, God, God, the spot, oh, God, my skin, it's like a baby's skin. Oh, God, my marriage. Oh, we prayed together last night. Oh, God, she told me she loved me last night. Oh, God, I looked and somebody sent me $100. Oh, Lord, I, I tried to quit watching those programs, listening to that music. Oh, God, and all of a sudden I did. Oh, God, I started witnessing at work. And oh, Lord, oh, Lord, they want to come to church. They want to watch 
online streaming with me. They told me they'll come back. God, I prayed for my relative one more time. And oh God, hallelujah. This time their headache got better. This time their cancer report. Oh God, thank you. Lord, I'm willing to do. I want to draw closer to you during this pandemic. God, I'm willing to do whatever you want me to do. Look at my skin. Oh, God, look at my heart. I prayed seven times. I fasted. I've given money that I didn't have to give. But, God, you said to do it in your word. And, Lord, you would return, God, windows of heaven to me that I could not even open myself. God, you said that anything that I do, Lord, I do in your name God you won't forget it and so Lord this time I'm willing to do it one more time I'm willing to do it ten more times I'm willing to do it oh God because you're a faithful God hallelujah my life has changed my name my name is not the leper anymore oh my name will never be naming the leper anymore My name will never be the sinner anymore. My name will never be the divorcee. My name will never be the abused child anymore. My name will never be the one that had to file bankruptcy anymore. My name will never be lonely anymore. My name will never ever be addicted anymore. God, I love you. The Lord God is talking. The Lord is talking to you tonight. And it might be that you just got to get to a place where you say, God, I have done this over and over and over again and it doesn't make sense. But nevertheless, it's your word. Peter said, Lord, we've toiled all night. We've fished all night. But nevertheless, it's your word. I'm telling you there's something about persistence with God. There's something about marching around the walls of Jericho time and time and time again. There's something about dipping in the water. We have a better way. We've got a better way of handling our needs, but not in God's eyes. You see, in God's eyes, things look a whole lot different. And God's talking to you tonight, friend. God wants you to know that... We don't have to be identified as COVID-19 anymore. We can be the church of the living God that's marked by revival, by miracles, by salvations, by homes coming back together, by people's lives changing. We just need to dip again. I don't care if it doesn't get answered today or tomorrow or the next time. We just need to dip and keep doing and keep knocking and keep giving and keep praying and keep reading and God will do what only God can do hallelujah I want you to close your eyes father God in the name of Jesus I pray for men and women boys and girls husbands and wives families those that are sick those that don't think they're sick those that don't think there's anything leprous in their life I lift up everybody right now God and I pray in the name of Jesus Lord that you would touch You would help us to be willing to do whatever you tell us to do right now. Because God, our leprosy, oh Lord, it's labeling us. And God, we 
We're not Acts chapter 2 right now. We've been labeled by fear. We've been labeled by God everything that the world's labeled by. And God, there is no fear. In the people of God, and I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, God, every home, every marriage, every classroom, God, that people would search and say, Lord, I'm going to do whatever I need to do in the name of Jesus. God's talking to you, and I want you to let him talk to you tonight. Listen to what he tells you.